morning. You never know when you walk through the doors. I guess you never know how God's going to move. And you prepare all week to stand up here, and then things happen, and what you've been preparing for all week are just so in line with what God is doing, and it unbelievably blows my mind. It blows my mind on a weekly basis how we think that we're just studying for a message of a life group or to stand up and preach or we're just having a conversation with someone because it came to my mind. And then God lets things happen, and these things just become so real. And then you got to have that moment to where you're like, whoa, okay, God, like, I get it. I get it. And so he is greater than I and trust, unbelievably right on time. It's right on time personally. It's right on time corporately. It's right on time for our church, for our families. Um, and, and my prayer all week has been that, God, please make my words clear so that when we walk out of this building today, I can trust you more. And we're going to talk about that today. So just a, something that just struck out the joy was singing there and the praise band was leading us to that through it all. What an amazing phrase that through it all, uh, through the good through the bad, through the happy, through the sad, when I'm on top, when I'm down low, whatever all is to you, that through it all, God is there. Through it all, God is faithful. Through it all, God loves you. And if we can embrace that, if we can truly understand that and just hold on to that and embrace that, then your life can be changed. Your life can go from what it is today to a life that lives in, as Tim prayed, the victory. Waking up today and tomorrow and the next day in a victory that God, we already know the end of the story, and guess what? God wins. And so why am I worried today about tomorrow when I know that the end of the game, I'm on the winning team? Hope we walk out of here today with that. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says this, and it's not in the notes, Noel, but God just brought me to here for just a second. It says, so if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. There's a lot of suffering going on in this room today because of life. There's a lot of suffering going on in this room today because things happen, and we have to say, God, I don't know why it's happening, but God, I trust you. And so, Jeraley, we suffer with you. Others, we suffer with you. My heart, I leaned back to Kim and I said, man, it is getting really emotional right before I have to walk up there on stage. And I'm one that gets really emotional. But it's just the the presence of God when he enters into the building, into the room, you cannot beat that feeling. And you better embrace it because it will change your life. Pastor preached last week, he is greater than I and therefore we pray. And he taught us how to pray for people, with people situations, in situations, and and through situations. And so I hope this week that in your prayer life, you went back and you looked at those points he had and, and you put them into practice, that you lifted people up and encouraged people, and that while you did pray for Aunt Betty and her sore big toe, that you said, God, I pray that through this situation that she's able to see you, she's able to hear from you, 
And she's able to know that you want to use her to glorify you. I pray that you pray those prayers this week. Just to recap, Pastor read some scripture to us. He is greater than I is the thought behind these scriptures. The first one was John 3.30. It says that he must increase and I must decrease. He must increase in my life and I must decrease in my life. I have to wake up every day and not worry about what makes Russell feel good, what makes Russell happy, what's going to make me the best. But what is going to give God the most glory? John 3.31 says that he who comes from above is above all, and he who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. John 13.16 says that most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Ephesians 4.6 says, one God and one Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in you all. So he is indeed greater than I. And because he is greater than I, last week we learned that we could pray. And because he is greater than I, this week we learned that we can trust. There are many things that you trust on a daily basis that you may not realize you trust, or maybe you do realize them and it's just part of your life. We trust that when we inhale, that oxygen's going to go in, our lungs are going to be filled, and there's, there you go, it's going to come out. <laughs> I was there, just needed a second. We trust that. For most of us, we trust that when we get in our car and we turn the key, the engine is going to start. We trust that that is going to happen. Uh, we trust that when we jump in the shower and we turn on the water, that not only is water going to come out, but it's going to be warm. We've let you down a couple of times recently, and you trusted that when you got in there, it was going to be warm, and it was a little shivery, so, um, but trust today, it's warm, I promise, it is, we didn't let me turn it on today, we let someone else do it, um, we can trust that if an Atlanta sports team makes the playoffs, at some point, we are all going to be let down, <laughs> trust it, trust it, I wasn't an Atlanta sports fan until I moved here, and it has been brutal. But we trust that. Heather and I visited this place called House on the Rock. Um, Heather and I had three separate weddings, and that's a different story, but we're still married, and all, all is good. But one of the ones we had was in Illinois for her family. And when we had the wedding, we went on our honeymoon towards Wisconsin and then Chicago and stuff like that. But on that trip, we went to this place called the House on the Rock. It is in Spring Green, Wisconsin. And a boy from Pensacola, Florida, and born in Fairhope, Alabama, doesn't really realize that people actually live like in Wisconsin and Illinois and those type of things. So it was all mind-blowing to me to be in this place. And Noel has a picture of it. Um, it's a 14-room home that is built on top of a 60-foot chimney of rock. And, and this room that you're looking at right here is what they call the infinity room. And it goes out. 218 feet out above this valley, and it drops down to the floor 156 feet. If you look out towards the very end there, those people standing there, they're looking through what is a glass table, and you can look down and you can see the bottom. Now, I didn't know the engineer that built that room. I had never met the man in my life. I know nothing about that man, but I trusted 
that he made the correct calculations that when I walked out to the end of that building, uh, that room, and I'll tell you, when you did like this, it moved. But I trusted that he accounted for that. And it wasn't going to come crushing down to the floor a hundred and something feet below me. And what is amazing to me about my trust in that engineer that did that, there's over 3,000 windows in that. And so it's just an amazing design. The difference between the guy that built that, the engineer that built that, and the engineer that designed all of this is that I know God. That we have this relationship that says, Russell, I love you. I love you right where you are. I love you where you've been. I love you where you're going. We have a relationship. That relationship is only available through the blood of his son, Jesus. On my bad days, I have that relationship. On my good days, I have that relationship. On the days when I get the phone call and I'm not sure why, what just happened, happened. I have that relationship. It's what it's all about. It's all about a relationship. It's not about an attitude. It's not about me doing things for people. It's not about going through a ritual of showing up to church and sitting in the pew. It's about a relationship. And I pray, I pray, we pray, we seek, we ask. We want you to have that relationship. We don't want to be the only one that knows how good it is to go through a bad time and know that I can trust that God is there with me. We want to share this experience with everyone. Everyone has a story. Everyone can talk about where they were, where they are, and where they're going. And if you take God and he's right there with you and you have this relationship with Christ and all that is just magnified. Everything has a meaning now. Things don't just happen for a reason. You're using all of this that's happened to you to glorify God. And it only happens through a relationship. So in fact, he is greater than I. And therefore, I can Trust him. I can trust him. We all have friends that they say, oh, come on, you can trust me. Come on, just tell me, tell me a little thing. What were you talking about the other day? I heard you in a little bit. You can trust me. We've all been burned by those same friends that say you can trust me. God is one that will never burn you. God is one that you can give your innermost thoughts, secrets, uh, whatever is inside of you, and you just lay it out there. You say, God, here it is. I don't know what it to do. I don't know what it is. I don't know about it, but I trust you. And God takes that. He comforts it. He loves it. And he encourages you as you move forward. It's an amazing, amazing relationship. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs today. If you have your Bibles, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. We're very familiar with the scripture if you've been in church more than a couple of times. But I think that you'll be able to see through this breaking down of the text and looking at it, that there are three things that God instructs us to do with our lives. And then if we do those three things, there's one promise that God makes. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So as we break that down, the first thing that we read says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust 
in the Lord with all your heart. You say, Russell, how can I trust in the Lord with all my heart when you fill in the blank, all this is going on? How can I trust in the Lord with all my heart when things are happening around me that I don't understand? How can I trust when life just seems like it's out of control? And I believe God's word gives us very, very clear instructions on this. The first thing that we see is, in fact, God is in control. No matter how much we feel as though we're in control, God really is in control. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I love, I mentioned God's timing when we first started. Little did I know when Chris asked me to preach today what Sunday school or life group lesson we were going to be doing this morning. That it was all about faith. If you were here, it was all about faith. And faith goes with trust. And trust goes with faith. And it just flows right together. Hebrews, we studied this morning. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I mean, we got confidence and what we hope for. God, we want to see this community changed for you. We have faith. God, I want my family member that is lost and struggling to know you. I have faith. God, there are things I can't see out there, but I know you're God, and I know you're good, and I know you have a plan for me, and so I'm going to have faith. We have to trust God to do what he says he's going to do. We studied in the youth group on Wednesday the story of Abram and Sarah, or Sarai at that moment. And God came to them and he said, I'm going to give you this child. Trust me. And I'll do all these things for you. Trust me. And they got to talking and hanging out and saying, you know, uh, we're a little old and I don't know if this can really happen. So let's just go make it happen on our own. And they did. And there were consequences to their going to make it happen on their own. There may be times in your life where God has instructed you to go do something, but God's just not doing it quick enough. You could just go make it happen. But let me warn you, there will be consequences if we don't trust God. So we see God's in control. The second thing we see is that God has a plan. He has a plan. The scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, you guys hear it a lot when we're at graduations and when you're talking to someone that's moving on to their next level in their job or what, whatever. Before I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But I want you to know is that God has a plan, yes, for you, the individual. God has a plan, yes, for your family. God has a plan for Mount Zion Baptist Church. God has a plan for the United States of America. And we have to trust. We have to trust that God has a plan. We sit in these pews every week and we say, God, you're greater than I, and I, and I worship you, and I adore you, and, and I'm singing this song of adoration. And then we go out through the week and, and we make things happen. We, we do our jobs, and we step in where God wanted us to step out. 
and we go fast when God wanted us to go slow. And what God's telling us is the whole time, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. I have a plan to give you hope, to give you a future. What an amazing promise that is that God has a plan not to make you sit around each week and doubt and be in fear and scared and trembling. But God has a plan for you to have hope. Should excite you. Should get you excited about what God wants to do. The third thing we see is that the good thing about all this is God is in control and God has a plan. God also has already won the battle. The battle you're fighting, stop fighting it. God's already won it. The defeat that you're living in, don't live there anymore. God's already won. Romans 6, 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now when he speaks of death here, he's speaking of your spiritual death. You're dying to yourself. You're surrendering of your heart and mind and soul over to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.17 would say that, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything is made new. So whatever that is that, that you're living in, that we talked about in a life group about a month ago. If you had the scorecard, you guys can have seen a baseball scoreboard or a basketball or a football. If you always knew who was going to end, the score was going to be at the end of the game. If we would have all watched the Super Bowl and, and knew in the last eight minutes that this big lead we had here was going to dwindle down, and before it was all over, we were going to lose, then I would have never went to Chad's house. <laughs> I would have just stayed home because I didn't want to be hurt. I mean, it would have just been a sad thing. If I would have known Deshaun Watson was going to break Alabama's heart on the last play of the game, I would have went to bed way before midnight. So we already know the end of the game. We already know the final score, so then why every day, moments in our life, do we live in defeat? God, I don't have enough of this. God, I wish I had more of that. God, will you bless that? God, why is this happening in my life? What God is asking us to do is get to a point where we can say, God, I don't know why that happened, but I have faith in something I can't see. I've got hope and assurance in you, and so I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to open myself up completely. I'm going to lay it all out there. I'm just going to say I trust you. And the cool thing about God is he promises to never leave, never forsake. He's always right there with us. A friend that sits closer than a brother. He's right there holding your hand saying let's do life. And he's already won the battle. So what an amazing victory that is. Second thing in the scripture we read is, it says, and lean not on your own understanding. Believe it or not, we do all have a sinful nature. We wake up every day. Well, I won't say every day. I'll give you a little leeway. You wake up a lot of the time. Russell wakes up a lot of the time. And I wonder what's in it for me today. I come to church and I say, man, I hope Pastor Chris is ready because I really need to hear, like, something for me today. Like, I need to hear it. I need my life to be changed. We have this sinful thing that burns inside of us. Whether or not we mean for it to be there, whether or not we can always control it, we have thoughts about people, we have thoughts about situations. We read something on Facebook and immediately in our mind we have a response. I pray that you don't 
type it and send it right away. We use the rule that you type it and wait until tomorrow, and if you still feel that way, then you can send it. But usually when you do that the next day, you really don't feel that way anymore. It's a learning experience for, for me. But in our sinful nature, it's hard for us to even comprehend and understand what God wants us to do with our life. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Romans 7.18 says, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, and that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Notice it doesn't say, but with Christ I cannot carry it out. With God I cannot carry it It says, but I, Russell, I mean, I want to do good. I really do. Like, I, I want to see you succeed. I want to walk beside you through the tough times. I want to be there in the good times. But I can't always do it. Because there's a thing that inside of us that says, I have this right to my own time. I have this right to my own pace about I want to go about things. I have this right that says, I don't want to be bothered with your troubles. My life's doing okay over here. Can you just keep that over there so I can do my thing? We all have this feeling of a right. And what God is saying is don't lean on your own understanding because your understanding is jacked up. Your understanding is all about you. Your understanding is all about the serpent creeping in saying, did God really tell you that you couldn't do this? Surely you can. Try it. Look, you did it. There you go. And we talked about in life group this morning that, man, those little things creep in. And you do that little thing, and then before you've known it, you've done that little thing for a year. And before you've known it, you're doing that little thing numerous times a day for several years. And you're like, God, how did it get here? I didn't wake up today and say, I want to do this sin over and over and over and, and be there. It's because we're trusting in our own understanding. We're filtering it through the mind of a sinful person that thinks about themselves way more than they should. And what God wants us to do is not lean on our own understanding. On our own, we're sinful, and we need God. Simple, basic, take it to the bank. On our own, we are sinful. We need God. That's just a fact. Next thing we see, it says, In all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him. One thing we learn in that is God expects our surrender. God lays it out there, and he says, Then Jesus said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Two things. It's a selfless surrender. Daily I'm waking up and saying, God, today it's not about me. God, today it's about you. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know who you're going to put in my path. I don't know what uncomfortable situation I may be in. But God, today it's not about me. Today it's about you and your will. It's a selfless surrender. It's a giving up of my own personal desires and wants. And then it goes into a total dependency because we just read right before that, that on my own, I cannot do that. So daily, I have to take my cross daily and walk with it. Daily dependent on God to be my provider, my supplier, and all of that throughout the day. 
He has to give me my thoughts. He has to give me my actions. He has to give me my words. God has to supply every bit of me for me to be honoring to him. Because if you just look inside of Russell, there's a lot of stuff going on that without God is very sinful. And that's just our human nature. That's just how it is. Not only does God expect our surrender, but for the believer, for the person that says, God, I believe you, I trust you, I love you, I want to go after you, that God blesses our surrender. John 15, 5 says that I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So you're going through a situation, and you don't understand what's going on, and it hurts, and it's not fun, and you really wonder, if God is so good, then why do these things happen in people's lives? Why is this happening in my life? And Jesus said, look, I'm the vine, you be the branch, you remain in me, and if I'm in you, you're going to bear good fruit. You're going to bear love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, you know, gentleness, self-control. All those things will just be falling out of your fruit tree if you can just remain in Christ. Again, on our own, I don't want to see the fruit that falls out of my Russell's tree. It would not be pleasing to God. But he says that if you remain in me, and if I'm your nourishment, if I'm the tree and I'm the vine and you're the little branch growing off of me, then you're getting all of your nourishment from me. I'm soaking up the nutrients from the ground. I'm bringing in the water, and I'm spreading it out to you, and everything I bring in is coming out of you. So you're going through that time, and you don't know why it's happening and what's going on. This is a, in the hurt, there's an opportunity. In the pain, there's an opportunity. You can take that pain and you can take that hurt and you said, I don't understand what's going on, but I trust God. And for all of you watching, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to be a living example every day of when I go through the good, the bad, the ugly, the happy, the sad. When I go through all of that daily, I'm going to be the one that they can look at and say, I don't know how he does it, but that God he follows must be something. Because this just happened in his life, and he's still glorifying the Lord. This just happened in her life, and she's still sitting here praying to that Lord that that, that, that happened through. You guys have a great opportunity. I have a great opportunity. Every day of our lives, we get to be Jesus walking around. We get to be Jesus to people that may never come through the doors of Mount Zion Baptist Church. We get to meet people right where they are, find out their needs, find out their life situations, and we get to intervene and say, you know what? I've been there. Let me tell you about the way. Let me tell you about the one that loves you. Let me tell you about the one that has a plan for your life. You guys have that opportunity. We all have that opportunity to be living examples of Christ in our community. So we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not on our own understanding, and in everything we do, we submit to God. Clear, basic instructions that you can wake up tomorrow and start living by. And there's a payoff. There's, a, there's an end result. 
If you do these things, it follows up by saying, and he will make your paths straight. It doesn't say that you'll figure it out one day and then your path will become clearer and you'll start walking down that road. He says, no, that he will make your path straight. Psalm 37, 23, and 24 says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. And through, though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Please don't hear me say that the day you trust in the Lord and the day you surrender your heart to the Lord, that all of a sudden there's no more bumps in the road. That all of a sudden your walk doesn't do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. The words coming out of your mouth are not always going to be pleasing to God. The thoughts in your mind are not always going to be pleasing to God. But he says, even though you may stumble, he's going to hold you up. We get to be that for the people around us. We're going to all know people and live with people and do life with people that are going to stumble. At some point in their life, they're going to make a decision, they're going to make a choice that pleases that sinful nature, that feeds that ego, and they're going to stumble over a sin. And as a brother and sister in Christ, you get to be that person that comes along beside them, puts your arms around them, and says, you know, I don't understand what's going on, but I trust that God has a plan. I trust that you can get through this if you put your trust in him. We get to be that for someone else. God is our sustainer. We also get to see that God is our security. He'll sustain us. If we fall, he's going to pick us up. If we lack, he's going to give us something. If we need things, God says, just pray. You have not because you ask not. He sustains us. He's our security in Romans 8, 28. It says, for as we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And have been, a call, have been called according to his purpose. So there's security in that. There's security in knowing that the God that has a plan, the God that's in control, the God that loves me, sustains me, takes care of me, also is my security. Because in whatever situation we're in, as long as we are surrendered to God's will, then it says for all of those things work to the good. It's a daily surrender, though. You can't wake up on Monday and be surrendered, and then Tuesday turn away from God and something bad happens. You say, that's okay. It's all going to work out. You know, God's going to sustain me. It's daily, hourly. If you're Russell, it's by the minute. I was going to say minutely, but I didn't think that was a word. By the minute of daily dying and relying on God so that he can be our security. just makes you feel secure. Like that little baby blanket when they get all swaddled up in it and they just feel so comfortable. Third thing we see is that God is also our protector. He's our protector. So he's our sustainer. He gives us security. And in that, he protects us. Proverbs 2, 6, and 8 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright, and he is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. God will protect you. It says that God gives us wisdom. God gives us knowledge. God gives us understanding. And when you're going down that journey of not understanding exactly where life's leading you, 
It says that God's going to protect you. Man, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good. Knowing that I'm not on this walk alone, knowing that when I'm going through the valleys that I'm being protected, knowing that when I'm on the mountaintop that I'm being protected from pride, just wherever I am in life, just knowing that God is protecting me and walking along beside me and knowing that God has a plan for my life and knowing that God is in control of every situation, all of that leads me to trusting God. So, so where are you today? I want this to be a message of encouragement. I want this to be a message that you can walk out and say, man, God is telling me to go do this. What is stopping me from going to do that? And I want you to realize today, you are the only thing stopping you. You are the only thing stopping you. I was the only thing stopping me from achieving things that God has allowed me to achieve. And that stems from fear, doubt. I don't want to stand up in front of people, God, and open my mouth. What's going to come out? I don't know. I know me. I know thoughts. I know words. How can I stand up in front of those people? And God, back in the day, way back in Scripture, said, if you just open up your mouth, I'll put in the words. And so, man, I've banked on that. I've banked on that Scripture for six years now. That, God, if I'm just obedient and preparing and, and studying and, and stepping out there, that, God, you're not going to put me out in front of people and you're not going to leave me there just silent. And those of you that are, we're good friends, you know that me being silent would be a work of God. <laughs> There's always something we can talk about. God has never left me void of words. God is faithful. So my question today is, why can we trust God? We can trust God because he's good. We can trust God because he has a plan for your life. We can trust God because he allows you to be a part of his plan while we're here on earth. I mean, what an amazing responsibility God gives each one of us. In our sinful nature, knowing that that is what's inside of us, God provided a way for us to be reconciled to him. And then he allows us to go out every day and share that with someone else. Those are opportunities we do not want to miss because we don't know when the next tragedy is going to happen. We don't know when the next time we walk out of these doors and something happens where we're not able to walk back through these doors. Divine appointments. Pastor always mentions divine appointments and not to miss a divine appointment. The person that you continuously see at Ingalls or Publix or Kroger or Walmart day after day after day, it may be schedules. You may just be there at the same time, but God may be telling you to just say, hi, I'm Russell. Good to see you. And, man, you will be surprised that just an introduction, a simple how are you, can open up the floodgates of, man, this is where life is. There's many people that are just waiting for someone to say, I see you. I see you there. I see the struggle. Let me tell you about a God that loves you more than you can imagine. He provides, he sustains, he protects and he loves us. So again, I say, what is holding you back from fully trusting God? What is Satan whispering in your ear that's making you doubt all the good things God has in store for you? Today, can I encourage you to stop letting your sin, stop letting your doubt, stop letting your fear, 
Stop letting your past, stop letting all that hold you back from what God wants to do with you. The number one thing we talked about in life today, the first point where it says live it out, was step out in faith. This week I want you to do something that God's telling you to do. Because if you have that relationship with God to where your life is surrendered to him and you are waking up every day taking that cross and walking with him, then I will almost guarantee that he's not telling you, just sit there and hang out. I got this. He's saying, come on, let's go. Get up off your couch. Someone in my life group uh, said, I asked him to be a volunteer a couple of weeks ago, and they said, oh, we're in, Pastor Russell, we're good to go because I want to be a, a do member, not a pew member. And I thought that was just so good that, to say I want to be a do member, not a pew member. God is calling us all into action. He didn't give you the abilities you have. He didn't give you the talents you have to just sit on them and hold them and not go use them for his glory. There's something that God is telling you to do with your life this week. It may be a phone call. It may be a text. It may be a simple conversation with someone over the phone. You may go visit someone in their home. It may be just an encouraging word to a friend, a pastor, a loved one. But there's something that God's telling you to do. And this week, I will challenge you with step out in faith. Step out and say, God, I do not understand why you want me to go do that. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to speak out in front of these people that I'm scared to death in front of. I'm going to take my doubt and my fear and all that. I'm going to put it aside. I'm going to take away the hurts from my past that are saying you're not worthy, and I'm going to go do it. What's stopping you today from doing that? If, if things are creeping in your mind that are saying, I don't want you to get connected to a life group because if you get into that life group, people are going to know your dirt. And if people know your dirt, they're going to judge you. And it's not safe. I want you to take that, ball it up, and throw it away. Can I encourage you that if you're in a life group, you're waking up daily and taking your cross is strengthened. Being able to reach out to Jareli or Ben or uh, Kelvin or Joy or whoever it may be that I sat in a small group with this morning and say, hey, you remember we talked about faith? Well, let me tell you what I'm struggling with. That can do nothing but help you. So that little voice that's telling you, don't let these people know who you are. You know, keep that in. Don't tell them all your stuff. Just keep a little here. Man, get connected to a group of people. Find, get in where you fit in. We have opportunities for every one of you to be connected to a life group. I would encourage you to get there because nothing makes me feel better on the days I know I'm struggling to be able to call Mr. D or call Kim or call Mike and say, here I am. Can we go? Can you take me to breakfast is usually what I say to Mr. D. And he obliges. So I would encourage you to go get connected to a life group. He is greater than I. So therefore, I trust. He is greater than I, so therefore, I pray. So today, let me just encourage you with the scripture, and then I'm going to pray. So today, can we just trust in the Lord with all of our hearts? Can we lean not on our own understanding? In all of our ways, can we submit to him? And can we invite God in today to make our path straight?